I'm Michaela Pockner, Associate Editor of Precision Farming Dealer. Welcome to the latest episode of the Precision Farming Dealer podcast. New episodes of this series are available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to get an alert when upcoming episodes are released. Spraying crops with herbicides, pesticides, and fungicides is a vital part of commercial agriculture, but it's a costly one. Existing sprayer technology generates 70% waste, the equivalent of $42 billion, according to Gary Wickham, CEO of precision ag tech company Magrotech. Magrotech invented a retrofit magnet system for sprayers to normalize droplet size which reduces drift and increases plant coverage. As Wickham puts it, it's helping farmers do more with less and making them more profitable by being sustainable. In today's episode of the Precision Farming Dealer podcast, Wickham joins me to discuss the details of Magrotex magnets for sprayers, the dealer, OEM, and big box retailer channels the company is pursuing to get their product onto more farms, his thoughts on OEM's interest in smart sprayers, and much more. Here's Wickham to get us started. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. I'm CEO of Magrotech, a Dublin, Ireland-based company uh, that started in Nova UCD, which is an incubator in University College Dublin. Uh, David Moore and myself were co-founders. I'm CEO. We typical story started in a little tiny office, uh, and we've built out over the last few years a, an incredible technology to solve a major problem for farmers in the crop protection area. Uh, and the problem we solve is, is that we reduce pesticide waste. So we need these vital crop protection products or pesticides, as people know them as, um, to feed the world. Uh, to kill pests, bacteria, you know, uh, uh, fungi, and so on for weeds and crops. Uh, the challenge is with existing technologies that they generate about 70% waste. So that's an incredible $42 billion of product doesn't go on the target weed or crop. And that doesn't help farmers to get the best yield out of their land. And going forward, we need to do more with less. And that's what Magrotech is based around. So we developed a technology to help farmers solve that problem. And uh, so that we can get those products on target and not into the environment and dramatically reduce that waste. So could you explain how you're doing that? And maybe to help your listeners, many who will know uh, the problem very well and will understand the different technologies out there. Um, so you've got a number of technologies. Most farmers use nozzles to control airborne drift or exo drift, as they know it. Um, and in, in the need to try and solve that problem, we've actually created a bigger problem called endo drift, which is where we create large droplets with coarse nozzles and water uh, to try and stop the smaller droplets getting in the atmosphere. And these larger droplets bounce or scatter off the weed or the target crop. And you end up with this residue going into rivers and streams. So you're compounding the problem. And these larger droplets actually lead to leaf burn. Uh, they're so large, you can you can magnify them with the sun and, and damage the crop. And inside a larger droplet, you may have a hundred smaller droplets typically. Uh, farmers know smaller droplets are better at killing pests, bacteria, fungi, and so on, and you don't have leaf burn. But up till now, they haven't been able to do that because of the uh, adequacies with uh, conventional technology and not being able to use the off-the-shelf small nozzles. So we developed a magnetic assist technology that basically uses permanent rare earth magnets in sophisticated systems that effectively transform mainly the physical properties of the fluid, some chemical properties, and we transform the fluid properties by passing it through these magnetic fields 
uh, and then allow farmers to use the smaller to medium off-the-shelf nozzles without the risk of airborne drift. And by controlling that drift and changing their properties, we get more on target. And also by changing their properties, we, we help them to adhere better to the crop or weed. And so we solve that compromise between drift and coverage by using our technology. It's like a fluid conditioning. So we're actually we're generating more the right type of droplets. Okay, that makes sense. So you're creating this magnetic field on the sprayer. What needs to be on there to create it? So what we do is we, we, we calculate how many we need in a system. And then once we build that into a system, we put uh, eight stacks of aluminum manifolds on all tractor booms for our tractor boom products. And then we have these uh, magnetic rods, which have an outer st- uh, stainless steel core to protect uh, the delicate coating on these um, neodymium magnets that we use. And we shove those inside the fluid line. And it's, it's I suppose, secret sauce in our know-how. We know what configurations to use to give the best performance for farmers. And we designed it with farmers. We actually went through about seven or eight iterations. And this was key, getting on the ground, getting data, help, uh, getting farmers to help us design it so that we had zero maintenance and solve another challenge that is labor and downtime. So we wanted something that was brand agnostic, robust, no maintenance, solving their labor problems, and obviously then reducing things like chemical and water and getting more acres done in a day and improving their productivity. Installing it is very easy. We do it through dealer networks. So, you know, we train a dealer in a day. And once we do that, it's done. During COVID, we did it remotely. And uh, once they install it, typically maybe takes about a day, day and a half to retrofit a a tractor boom. Uh, Once it's on, there's no maintenance and you can move it from sprayer to sprayer. And if you're taking modern day, um, uh, you know, auto steer applications or other applications that a lot of the big OEMs and the big precision technology companies uh, retrofit sprays with, you can take them up to three months. So we we make sure farmers have minimal downtime and no no downtime going forward. And once it's on and it's all by the dealers, uh, the dealers are actually making more money because they've no call-outs. Uh, but they're there to support the grower, but they never, they're never called on. So... You said it's brand agnostic. Is there any limitation on that? And that's the good news. Our science is extremely complex, but our technology is that easy to use without any downsides, which is the way you want it. Uh, so we retrofit merely every major design, every major brand from John Deere, Case, Agco, Horsch, uh, Hardy, uh, to small kind of sprayers over in California, uh, in Europe, and over in Australia. So every major type, right, are very sophisticated berry sprayers. Uh, we've done them all. So, uh, and once we get them on, we know we're not going to have any issues. And indeed, we haven't had any. We're also brand agnostic around the chemicals they use, you know, whether it's a Bayer, BSF, or, you know, uh, any other brands or, or, or make, and whether it's in insecticide, fungicide, or herbicide, uh, it, we have no issues. So unlike a lot of these seek and spray technologies that tend to be green and brown, uh, there's very few green and green. Uh, we don't have those. Uh, we don't have the electronics problems where they break down and they have issues. Uh, a lot of expensive hardware uh, and uh, and software. We don't have any of those downsides. Uh, and also, once it's on, that's it. You're, you're not you're not going to have any problems. And it doesn't matter, as I said, what chemical you're using. And unlike the others, which are mainly herbicides. We work with herbicide, fungicide, and insecticide, the full range, biopesticides, biostimulants. And again, we're a solution for biopesticides because you probably know they're low toxic products, which is great, but they don't have a great kill rate. And so uh, they're quite expensive, unstable as well. And the reason their market share has struggled is they're novel and new. Uh, They're quite expensive to make and generate and develop. But 
getting them on target is the key so we can overcome the low toxicity by getting more of it on target. And so we're a solution provider, whether you know, you're know you on the equipment side, the chemical side, whether it's conventional or biopesticide or biostimulant. That makes sense. And then could you talk a little bit about what your dealer network looks like and how you're finding dealers to partner with? Yeah, and, and uh, that's our route to market. That's our core business model, although we do have a, an evolving business model, which I'll discuss as well. We won the Thrive Accelerator in California back in 2016, I think. And that was a launch pad into the US, you know, getting to meet some key corporates. Uh, one of Thrive's partners for Trimble. Uh, we signed a non-exclusive uh, uh, deal worldwide to access some of their dealers. And we started off in the US, which is our biggest market. And uh, for lots of reasons, massive market. American farmers are very progressive, uh, early adopters of technology. Uh, they're, not, they're not afraid to try new things out. So a great market for us to, uh, to target. And um, so through Trimble, we got access to their dealers. And over the last two years, we've onboarded a lot of their Advantage dealers. And now we have uh, their dealers beginning to reorder, which is a key step. So getting units sold on the farms. So the model is for those dealers, they order to the Trimble store. Um, you know, uh, Trimble pay us, we ship it over, the dealer installs it. And then both the dealer and ourselves have the relationship with the grower to make sure everything is working out. And, and we find that we have an advisory service too, is that, a lot of farmers don't realize they have a problem. So we developed a return on investment app to show them. We put in the number of sprayers, their rates, their pressure. And we show them what they can save at Magro. And then we demonstrate that through season-long studies till they're up and running and using it. Uh, so we, we kind of highlight the problem that they're using the wrong nozzles and pressures. And then obviously then that combined with Magro gives them a turnkey solution to optimize their spray and uh, and get and get the best output using less that I spoke about earlier. So that's typically what we do with Trimble dealers. For other dealers, we go direct, but it's a similar model. And then we're in Europe and Australia, we're working with large retail groups and your equivalent, I think, would probably be something like Target or Walmart that have a lot of growers, direct and indirect. They have sustainability agendas. And so we're working with their large growers to start off with. And what we're doing is creating a win-win we, we get the farmers using less to grow more, make more money. And now we're solving not only the technical compromise between drift and coverage, we're solving that other compromise between profitability and sustainability. We're in fact making farmers more profitable or indeed profitable by being sustainable. And then that helps the retail groups because they all have these sustainability agendas and targets. And so it's, it's making them look good as well from a consumer point of view. So we're creating that win-win from the farmer to the grower to the planet to the dealer and of course the consumer. Mm -hmm. That's interesting working with the retail groups. Do you have plans to work with retail groups in the US? Yes, we, we need a proper lead in. So we are a relatively small team. So from David and I, there's about maybe 50 of us spread around the world. Although we do have a US-based CCO. Uh, we have about eight sales guys on the ground. We've crop science people on the ground. We're, we've opened a, an agricultural search center in the UK with one of the most sophisticated indoor track sprayers in the world. And we're going to build a similar facility in the US. We're going to open up manufacturing over there, massive market. And I now have a strategic advisor who works with one of the biggest uh, uh, ag tech companies that has come out of the US uh, over the last few years. And he is a strategic advisor to them and now to us. And he's basically helped me to build a team over there and connect to some of these big players like Walmart, Target, uh, you know, nutrients of this world, some of the big OEMs and chemical companies. 
and a big, a lot of big co-ops and landowners as well that have you know big farm uh, holdings and that you know we uh, whether the contract spraying or they just have big operations so yeah so that's that's what we're working on in europe you know we're very much focused on potatoes because potato blight is a big problem and, and in the states as well but it's a worldwide problem and we're working with smaller oems uh, trimble dealers non-trimble dealers and again, uh, some large retail growers. And basically, um, all the work we've done over the last year shows that we reduce late blight by over 70%, again, because we're solving that coverage cha- uh, challenge. And we're working now with Invivo in France, who we were the biggest co-op. They have 250,000 growers. And, and the way we like to do things, and they do the same, is that we're, we're uh, installing on their test farms this summer, and they'll do all the testing. And basically, it'll be there results using our technology and then next year at their big events and shows we'll, we'll co-launch together and that's the way we like to do things is you know uh, the same with bear so we recently won the thrive um bear uh, sustainability scale-up award worldwide and we're working with bear now across three fronts we have a technology for small farm holders which they were very interested in uh, we're going to be installing uh, units in the states in their research centers for them to do their own studies on our boom product and we're looking at doing some r&d projects together but to give you an idea of some of the collaborations we're trying to do so probably a long-winded way to get around to the retail thing but it's all about getting in at the right level with the right people and building those relationships Definitely. And just to talk a little bit more about the retail side of it. So when you're partnered with a retailer, how does that turn into your technology being implemented on the farm level? Yeah. And again, just returning to Australia, just because we're a bit more advanced uh, versus Europe and and, and America on that that market. uh, Effectively, what we agreed with them is, is we would go to their, you know, half dozen of their top growers in each category and then prove the technology, get those large growers on board. So you've really your early adopters and then you get the followers and then eventually the laggards, right? And the idea behind it is, is that we, we will get that and then we would sell that to the, t- uh, to the growers then, uh, either through our Haas model that we're developing or direct. Uh, we get the dealers to install it, but we then get the retail uh, groups to come in and contribute towards that. Uh, so they create that win-win kind of ecosystem be the same model in the US we'll have to just talk to the the relevant players at the time and they may have a different view but I I know one thing is that between the grower the dealer uh, and the retail groups and our people like ourselves we all we all have the same goal is to grow more food sustainably yeah for sure and it's nice to have buy-in from everybody in the chain of food production when you're trying to achieve those big goals yeah yeah, absolutely. We're seeing advantages now, you know, we might touch on to, you know, typical farmer examples in a moment and benefits, but we're seeing examples around insurance premiums because air growers are spraying less. So they're spraying, when they do spray, they're using less chemical and water and they're getting, you know, more yields, more acres done. But when uh, they're also less spray events because we're doing such a good job, there's less spray events. And all the, all the while, through compliance, through drift risk, and also farm accidents and so on, there's less spray events and there's less labor challenges. So we're reducing their risk profile across the board. Before we get back to the conversation, I'd like to invite you to the upcoming Dealership Mind Summit in Iowa City, Iowa, July 26th through 27th. This two-day dealers-only conference offers knowledge-packed general sessions, panels, roundtable discussions, networking, and more. 
Mark your calendars for July 26th through 27th and register online at dealershipmindsummit.com. Now here's Wickham again discussing Magrotech's market and the announcement of a brand new pilot project. Talking more about those farmer benefits, do you have some examples of how Magrotech has benefited farmers in terms of reducing yeah. some of that loss? Yeah, I'm going to give you two if that's okay. Sure. Uh, one in the U.S. because it's our biggest market and, you, and your market and, you, and the one for your listeners, uh, but also our first customer ever in Europe as well, one of the, one of the biggest seed potato growers in Europe. We have a cotton grower in Alabama as an example, and many examples like this. And he, he had a particular challenges around labor, water. Uh, chemical enough wasn't at the beginning, but it is now because the cost of inputs have gone through the roof, as you know. There's a shortage of key products. So there's a, there's a perfect storm for growers now. They need to grow more food. Uh, water is a challenge almost everywhere. Uh, chemicals have gone through the roof. Fertilizer prices have gone through the roof. There's new compliance increasingly coming in day by day. There's a shortage of labor. And they're trying to make money. And 90% of U.S. farmers do not make money. It's in a shocking number, right? It's the same in Europe. Uh, it's, they're, they're all uh, subsidized. And, and so we need to change that. We need to change it that farmers can feed their families and then feed the world. And, and so what our technology does in that particular case, he started off cutting his water by half to cut his rates. So he, knowing he was using smaller droplets, he could get more acres done. So he went from 500 acres a day to about 950 I, th I think he quotes uh, on our video, I think it's somewhere between 900,000 acres a day. So he's nearly doubling his acres a day. What that meant is he needed one less sprayer, saved himself $300,000 on a sprayer, right? Um, air system for him, retail is about 45,000 US dollars. Obviously the dealer gets a cut on that and, and other third parties would get a cut on that, of course. Uh, uh, but that's the price typically a grower using 140 foot boom width would pay. But the ROI just in chemical savings alone is less than a year, the return on investment. But that's before you throw in these other savings. So he, he had one less sprayer. He was using half the water, no maintenance. He was saving a ton of labor every day because he was getting nearly his spraying events done in one day rather than several days. He needed less spray events on top of that. The dealer has no call-outs or no maintenance whatsoever. And then he started now to cut his chemical by a third. And now we've heard because, and you have to let them make these claims because I hear a lot of people making yield claims, but I could produce a three-page document showing you all the factors that affect yield. And, and some of the claims that people make are outrageous. What you can do is that we solve drift and coverage and we show them that, that through you know, season-long studies or water-sensitive paper testing. But when farmers do a season or two seasons using our technology and they make the yield claim, well, then you can stand over it. And in this case, they're getting about a third higher yield using half the water and a third less chemical. So if you remember, I talked about helping farmers be profitable, being sustainable, and that's what we've done. The example in Europe, uh, the biggest seed potato grower, uh, very nervous live crop. And so this is four or five years ago, and uh, we installed a system, convinced them they, they have no issues. And thankfully, it, it turned out to be true. They went from 10% less chemical, and uh, I think we're over a third less chemical now, um, they're saving two hours per sprayer per day. They now, would have, they now have it on three sprayers. They're saving, I think, about half their water. They're meeting the highest drift standards in the world, 97.5% drift standards. The Netherlands is the highest drift regulations in the world. Uh, and they're saving spray events. And obviously, they're making more money and being sustainable. And they haven't had one maintenance call since we installed it. Wow, that's really impressive. Yeah. 
So they're, they're two good examples, but there's, there's multiples of those, whether it's in Australia, Europe, or indeed loads in the USA, and now Canada as well. In your North American market, where are the people using the Magro technology on their sprayers located? Yeah, and I'll, I'll leave America to last because it's our biggest market. In Australia, we focus on things like sugar, uh, beet and cane, uh, cotton, uh, and then some leafy greens, uh, uh, kind of vegetable crops as well. Uh, wheat as well, it's a big wheat market. Europe, mainly potatoes, uh, some wheat. Uh, we were starting on sunflowers. It was only a small entry into the market, but the biggest country is Ukraine. But we will get back there supporting growers when when uh, they need our help more than ever now. So we will be back in that market as soon as, as, soon as we can. Um, and then in the US, we have a number of territories. Uh, in California, around berries, uh, it's a big berry market. And obviously in Salinas, uh, the salad bowl, you know, around lettuce and other crops like that. Um, and in the Northwest, grasses, potatoes, wheat, uh, kind of Oregon, Washington state area. Uh, Canada, we started uh, in canola and wheat. And then in the Delta, we're, we're very... Uh, uh, we're very heavily focused in the Delta, uh, cottons, uh, crop rotation around peanuts, soya, corn, uh, uh, vegetables, and some leafy greens and sugar beet as well. Uh, so, and 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 they are a mixture of of independent large growers, you know, customers of those dealers, and now we're beginning to work with some co-ops as well, uh, uh, etc. Okay. And are you publicly releasing the cost of the technology? Yeah, we give examples on our website, but people can just ring up our dealer and get quotes. Uh, but I've given you a typical example there of a 130-foot boom for in U.S. terms. Uh, you know, that's the, the the retail cost. Obviously, for in California, some of the booms might be only 40 to 60 foot wide in the berry market. They're much cheaper. You know, so uh, I don't think say it's a kind of a linear price, but you know, typically a spray of that size might be about half the cost. So um, uh, we still have the eight manifolds and boat sprayer types. It's only the rods that are different uh, that go into the spray line that the bit that the farmers helped us designed design. So uh, yeah, so um, and I think for for what we're looking to do on the business model side is that. We've seen that um, to get our hockey stick growth in the boom product, uh, we will obviously continue to get direct sales. Uh, where people can afford it, they will pay for it with cash or finance it. But there are farmers that are cash poor, and no matter how good your ROI is. So, so we're, we're actually implementing a HAS model on a pilot face, uh, uh, basis. So you're one of the first to hear this, I think. And effectively, we're going to put out probably a minimum 100 units on pilots uh, with some key strategic partners and growers uh, that can't afford to buy it just now. And the idea behind that model is they pay a modest amount every month. And effectively, uh, like a phone contract, they pay monthly. And then after a number of years, they get an upgrade to the next version. And then we provide the data. We're going to eventually integrate through AI, through platform, probably through strategic partners who have these platforms and effectively provide the data that we're collecting so we can show them uh, not just with the app at the beginning, what the current state is, we can show them the future state then in terms of yields, acres, you know, their forward speed, their wind speed, their pressure, their water usage, compliance data, link that back then to their insurance premiums. So complete that, complete that full ecosystem for them. That's really interesting. Yeah. So talking more about the potential for integrating AI, what would it end up looking like and what would the AI do? 
Yeah, so I see two-phase strategies. So for the Haas model, the hardware as a service, it's basically paying for your kit monthly. Uh, so we get away from that cash problem, no, no matter how good your ROI is. Uh, secondly, uh, I'm a, I'm a chemical engineer, and so uh, I used to work for quite a number of American multinationals in my pharmaceutical and chemical days. So uh, in the early days, I brought in process optimization to take operator variability away. So the best way to describe this, I always use a refrigerator analogy. So if you put food in a refrigerator, it'll last longest than room temperature. But if you have it at maybe seven or eight degrees, it'll still be better than room temperature. So the problem you have is when you put magro on, you get a, you get a huge incremental improvement on all the benefits I talked about, but you still have operator operator variability. So the vision we have is let's control this, the sensors on these sprayers anyway, but let's control the boom height like a car wash. So it knows when it's above the canopy. Let's control the forward speed. We're moving into autonomous tractors anyway. So most of that technology is there. So what we want to do is real-time capture the data into a platform and then have the Magro as an Intel inside or a Magro inside, whether you retrofit or in a new sprayer. And then we're, we're giving that back to the farmer on their app for compliance, to manage their operations properly and obviously save money and, and do more with less again. We want to be able to provide that ecosystem. And the final component is, is add to our crop service team uh, that we're advising farmers um, through our research center in the UK and the one we're going to build in the US with this track sprayer. We can advise what nozzles use, what pressures and so on. A lot of them right now, uh, we can change We change their operations overnight because they're using the wrong pressures, the wrong nozzles. They've been doing it for decades. Uh, and it's because they know no other way. That's the way they've been told and it works, right? So when you don't know what your problem is and you're using the same methodology for decades, it's hard to change. So we give them the data to, to, to make those decisions uh, and form decisions better. And the other thing is, as you probably know from doing these podcasts, is that farmers are inundated with new technology all the time. We're, we're around, we spent four or five years developing it and then launching after working with farmers. So, so they know our service is excellent. We, they know that we're there to provide support. They know we have a brilliant technology, but critically, they know we're going to advise them. We're going to help them and their agronomists around nozzles, pressures, and how to optimize technology like Magro. And so if we can provide a full system with partners of a platform, the data capture and the hardware, well, then they don't have to go to parties and it's disjointed. You know, and I think that's part of the challenge for farmers right now. You mentioned that you want to be able to kind of integrate all of these different pieces of how to make decisions on the farm. Are you doing any of that right now or are you just focused on the technology at this point? Right now, it's the technology, although we have launched our ROI app, which is the first phase of the SaaS model. So that's on the Apple and Android store. Uh, so effectively, that's gone live. So we go into a farmer, put in the number of sprayers, what they spray, their rates and so on, and then we show them what they can save. The next phase of that will be where we're starting some conversations. It'll probably take us a year to identify the right partners. And then once we have the partners, we'll build out that platform together on the AI we ha they have the platform, the sensors are there, connecting the AI that connects air hardware and software uh, to, to generate the data real time for growers. So it's a two a two phase strategy. Yeah. Okay. You kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but I had read this article um, not long ago that said agriculture is having this moment with sprayers where essentially the manufacturers are realizing they can profit on what was undervalued at one point. 
And it sounds like this is something that you have identified early on. So I was just curious what your thoughts were about that and where you see the sprayer market heading. Yeah, it's interesting and it's a great question. So so there's a number of challenges for growers. Uh, these machines are becoming really expensive, new sprayers. So they want to make their sprayer last as long as possible. So with farmers who have designed this technology, we've had to overcome a number of problems. One is that you can move air system from sprayer to sprayer. So if a farmer says, well, I'm thinking of changing my sprayer in two years if my economic situation allows, well, then they don't have to put that off because they can buy air kit, get immediate benefit and move it at any stage. So that's the first thing. Number two is we're extending the life of their existing machines. Number three we're actually allowing them to use less machines because we're doubling their acres that they get done. We're making them more productive and they need less land. So if they were thinking of buying more land, well then if they're getting way more productivity, they need less land. The next thing is with the evolution between, you know, John Deere, Exact Apply and other technologies, we've actually seen anywhere we install air kits, we enhance that. We enhance the drift control and we actually, we solve the coverage. So we, we make sure that compromise is gone. So it doesn't matter what they have, where so system will, will bed in. And then you've seen a lot of these seek and spray technologies, right? They have a lot of cameras, a lot of expensive electronics. They break down, they run at slow speeds. So with air technology, and, and obviously they mainly do weeds, we do weeds, insecticide and fungicide. But we've guys in Canada running at 20 miles an hour. We've guys who want to go out at wind speeds of 15 miles an hour. They do it with air technology without having to worry about drift. So we allow them to go out in, in more extended spray windows as well. And we saw these challenges around the seek and spray technology. We haven't put our technology on the seek and spray machine because that's mainly new sprayers. We're very much focused on retrofit. However, we have installed as an Intel inside with some smaller OEMs. And we are having discussions with some of the big OEMs around the new sprayer market, you know, as Magro is an Intel inside. And finally, I'm having discussions with an electric tractor maker. And the challenges they have, they're going to be autonomous, right? Fully autonomous. Um, uh, they want to run 24-7. They're in specialized areas at the moment in kind of citrus, uh, orchards and so on, vineyards. Uh, the challenges they all have is that you, you, if you're going to run those 24-7, you don't want to, you don't want to be uh, uh, breaking drift uh, guidelines. You know, in California, for example, where you have communities and schools everywhere, people living, and you don't want this stuff drifting during the night and be shut down, right? So but with air technology on, suddenly you can be compliant, get the coverage and run 24 hours autonomously. So what we're looking at there is possibly either licensing air technology as an Intel inside, Magro inside, um, or, you know, that we'll partner with them in JV uh, with, their, with some of these new models. Uh, so so we, see, we see nothing but opportunities. See ourselves as a solution of choice, again, whether you sprayed all those different chemicals I talked about earlier, or it doesn't matter what OEM type of machine you have. And whether it's fully autonomous or not, or electric, or indeed manual or extremely old, uh, Magro, the good news is Magro works for all. Yeah, that's great news. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add that I haven't asked you? As a scientist myself, we went with a science-based strategy. So we, we, some, some people develop a product and try and find a market or a solution to solve. We knew there was a massive problem to solve that I've talked about. We knew there was a massive market. But I knew that this technology that we wanted to bring forward, uh, that it was hardware, uh, we didn't have a brand, it was using existing science in a different way. And what I mean by that is permanent magnets are used in tests of cars. Like The only way Tesla's cars have the market they have now is because of permanent magnets. They're using wind turbines. 
They're used in power generation. They're used in MRI machines. They're used everywhere around us, right? But they just haven't been used much in uh, agriculture. There's a lot of wacko science about magnets used in water, not proper science. So we built out four pillars, a crop science pillar, applied research, uh, empirical science division, working with one of the leading uh, experts in the magnetic treatments of fluid in Europe, in, uh, in Dublin, Trinity College, Dublin. And then we work on it with field research centers and customers. So we had four pillars generating data. And so we spent probably about $12 million getting that right. Then we started installing on farms and getting two years of data, then commercializing. And so what we've discovered effectively is we have three technologies now. We've got our magnetic assist, which is the one we've been talking about here today, used on our tractor booms. We're about to launch a greenhouse product with that same technology. So that's going to go live this year. After two years of testing with a big greenhouse manufacturer, uh, we did tests with them. They got independence to do tests. They got brilliant results. They didn't believe them. They got another group in and got even better results. And now they've ordered prototypes. So that's going to be a macro tech inside model. And uh, so what we're working across the magnetic assist technologies or macro tech is where we have products coming in uh, the next two to four years. It'll vary. Air blast, you know, vineyards in the pistachio almond area, uh, you know, in for orchards and citrus. Uh, we also have a technology that we're working with um, a company in Florida for nurseries that's spraying nurseries and orchards as well. Effectively, it's an air assist with air technology. Another example of a different technology and macro together. We enhance it. Uh, the two combined do a much better job uh, than, than their technology on its own. Uh, we're looking at developing technology on the foliar spraying of fertilizers, which is a massive problem for farmers. And obviously nitrate runoff and trying to eliminate that. Uh, on irrigation, um, we did work with USDA, which showed magro versus conventional reduced water by nearly 40%. So we have two-year R&D studies with our various technologies uh, looking to validate that commercially and then scale it because there's massive amounts of money worldwide going to be spent in irrigation. So we can save water there as well. That's going to help farmers too, right, across the cropping side. Uh, so we have a number of products in the ag area coming. Then on the nanotechnology, this is a side, or side effect or byproduct of our research. We discovered that we're generating very stable nanobubbles or tiny bubbles. Uh, and without getting too sophisticated or into the science today, uh, when you have stable bubbles, that they have a memory effect. They don't break up for days or weeks, but you can carry things inside them or outside them. And so we're now looking at our technology as a, as a tool for sanitization. Uh, it could be for treating COVID or other pathogens like you know, at the moment, we chlorinate chicken. So getting rid of chlorinated chicken and using a safe way of killing bacteria, fungi, and food. And also for the post-harvest treatment of crops, extending shelf life. Again, if we can extend shelf life, you know, 30% of our food is thrown out. So if we can reduce that number, it's also part of the solution of, of delivering sustainable intensification of global food production. And then, so in that nanotechnology space, we're looking at soil regeneration, better uh, nutrient delivery to the root uh, for crops as well. So that's a really exciting area. And I call that really disruptive science. And the magnetic assist now is sustainable and disruptive. And then there's also a combination of the two. And for your listeners, the best way to describe that is, in American terms, the gas engine or electric engine. In this case, it's a hybrid. And so, so we have three core technologies now. So we're continuing to invest in our research centers, our facilities, um, our, our, our personnel, and uh, obviously putting the right equipment uh, in the U.S., like research centers and, and manufacturing to support our customers over there. 
really amazing what you guys have discovered in this process of trying to apply this existing technology to agriculture and then all the things that it can do into the future. Yeah, it's really exciting and, and it's revolutionary. So uh, a lot of hard work to be done, roll up our sleeves and, and, and we're looking consistently looking for the right partners to work with us going forward because big challenge, we can't do this on our own. Thanks to Gary Wickham for today's conversation. If you'd like to see what the magnets look like, I'll have a link to a product video from the National Farm Machinery Show in the web story for this podcast. As always, let me know what you thought about this episode by emailing me at mpaulkner at lessonermedia.com or calling me at 262-777-2441. And if you're looking for more podcasts about precision farming, visit precisionfarmingdealer.com slash podcasts or check out our episode library wherever you get your podcasts. From all of us here at Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Michaela Pogner. Thanks for listening.